Let's pray. Father, we, we pray, I pray, Lord, that there would be no hindrance to every person in the room hearing this story as if they had read it for the first time. It should be piercing every one of our hearts, Lord, whether this is the first or the 10,000th time. Lord Jesus, a murderer was released free and you went to the cross. What does that mean? Do the deep work, the full work, the work that will result in us loving you more than we've ever loved you before. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. So again, my prayer this morning, um, as it has been for some time, is that by the end of the service, you will love Jesus Christ more than you ever have in your life. We have seen from our study over the last six months that Jesus, during the last few months of his life, began to prepare his disciples for the fact that he would be arrested by religious authorities, condemned to death, mocked, beaten, then killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. This is from Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 says this, Behold, we are going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles. The Gentiles are non-Jews who don't believe in God. And they will mock him, scourge him, which means whip him, and spit on him and kill him, and the third day he will rise again. Well, what Jesus had warned his disciples about has now happened. We saw that last week that one of Jesus' friends, Judas, helped the Jewish religious leaders to arrest Jesus and take him away to a religious trial by religious authorities in which he was condemned to death. Does anyone here remember from last week why Jesus was condemned to death or, or what Jesus was condemned to death for? Anyone remember? Geo. Okay, all right, that wasn't exactly it. What was it? You're in good company, though. That's what Sam said. Yeah, Lena, Lena always gets it right. 
Ah. Anyone else? The chief high priest asked him, are you the Christ, the son of the living God? And he said what? Yes, I am. At that point, the high priest ripped his robe and, and they said, what do you, he said, what do you guys think? And they said, he deserves to be killed. Jesus was condemned to death for saying he was the son of God for saying he was the son of God. And, and so we come here and um, that took place very late at night where Jesus is in this like religious trial. It's like one or 2 a.m. in the morning. Verse one say, it says they briefly gather again. It says immediately in the morning, the chief priests and scribes and the whole council indicating that probably in the middle of the night, not everyone was there. And they bound Jesus, led him away and delivered him to Pilate. Now who was Pilate? Might we have one of the kids might we will have one of the kids know who Pilate was? Anyone know? Any of you kids know who Pontius Pilate was? Zandre, who was he? Who was he? What did he say? He was a Roman soldier. He was the top Roman soldier. He was the Roman governor. He was the head soldier in the land. Very good. The Jews were not a free people. They were not in charge of the land that they were in. The Jews were ruled by a people who had invaded their land and taken it over. Hey, Caillou, can I see the map? Here's the map in my favorite toy. Ah. So here's Jerusalem right here. This is where Jerusalem is. Everyone see? Yeah, see right there, there's Jerusalem. Rome is up here. The Romans had come down all over this area and taken the whole thing over. And so um, all those countries, a lot of them were individual countries that were in charge of themselves, no longer. They're all ruled by the Romans. Pilate was the Roman governor in Jerusalem. So he had traveled from Italy up here down, down to here, and he was the governor there. And so um, the Romans uh, had sent their guy Pilate, and we know from one of the other books of the Bible that Jesus was taken to Pilate by the Jews. And before we even read, before the events of verse 2 of Mark 15, Pilate asked him some questions. Pilate asked him some questions, and he actually um, asked the Jews some questions um, as well. When, when Jesus um, first got to uh, Pilate, he told the Jews, I don't want to talk to this guy. Why did you bring this guy to me? And this is what they said in John chapter 18, verse 31. He said to them, you take him, you judge him according to your law. He didn't want to uh, have anything to do with Jesus. But they, the Jews said to him, it's not lawful for us to put anyone to death. 
it's not lawful to, for us to put anyone to death. So the reason that the Jews took Jesus to the Roman governor is because they wanted to put him to death. He had said he was the son of God. That's why the Jew, Jewish leaders, they didn't like that. They condemned him to death for that. Uh, 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 it's, you know, the Jewish uh, uh, Bible uh, says, by the way, that one day God would send his son into the world to be savior of the world. Jesus had told the Jewish leaders, I'm that person, I'm the son of God, I'm the Christ, I'm the savior of the world. They didn't like that. They liked, they liked having control of the people. They didn't want anyone else to have control over the people. They, so they wanted to kill Jesus because they didn't want him to have control over the people. The people started flocking to Jesus. They were drawn to Jesus. He was the savior of the world. The Bible says that's what God did with you today. He drew, he's drawn you here to meet Jesus Christ. And he was doing it then. There were multitudes coming over. The religious leaders uh, didn't like that. So they condemned him to death because he was the uh, son of God. And, and, but they couldn't put him to death because they were not in charge of their land. And that's one thing that they couldn't do. They could beat them, they could send them to prison, they could do other things, but they couldn't send anyone to death. Only the Romans could do that. The Romans reserved that right for themselves. So it, they had a problem. What are we gonna do? We've condemned him to death for being the son of God, but we can't put him to death. And their problem was, Pilate's not going to care that this guy calls himself the son of God. He's not going to put Jesus to death for calling himself the son of God. So what they did, they went to Pilate and they came up with different charges. Different charges. And, and, and this is what the charges that they said. Luke 23.2 has it. They said this to Pilate, the governor. They said, this man has been leading our people astray by telling them not to pay their taxes to the Roman government and by claiming he is the Messiah, a king. Now, when someone called themselves a king in the in the Roman Empire, and they hadn't been told they could do that, they could be put to death for that. And the Jewish leaders knew it. And, and they believed, wow, as soon as Pilate hears this guy um, is, uh, is claiming he's a king, Pilate's going to get really upset, and Pilate is going to put him to death. And that leads us to verse 2. Let's read verse 2 together here. It says here in verse 2, it says, Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Now, I under, th th this document here, the Bible was first written in Hebrew and Greek. The Old Testament Hebrew, the New Testament Greek. And I understand just from my study for this message that the, the people who know the Greek really, really well, what he is saying here, it, it's, more than, it's more than, are you the king of the Jews? It's more like this in the original language. It's you? <laughs> You're the king of the Jews? So the, kind of a double you. You? You? You're the king of the Jews? Now why was he saying that? 
Because number one, he's alone. All his friends had left him. He's beaten up. We've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. He's bruised. And he's wearing the garments, the clothes of a poor person from the northern part of the country, a, a place in the country that everyone despised. You? You're the king of the Jews? And look what Jesus said at the end of verse 2. Jesus answered and said to him, it is as you say. It is as you say. Now, oddly, Pilate does not get upset. And I want to talk about that. And the answer to, to answer that, we're going to read all the way now to verse 14. It says, the chief priests accused him, Jesus, of many things, but he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him again, do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you. But Jesus still answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. Now at the feast, he, Pilate, was accustomed to releasing one prisoner to them, whomever they requested. And there was one named Barabbas who was chained with his fellow rebels. They had committed murder in the rebellion. Then the multitude, crying aloud, began to ask him to do just as he always had done for them. But Pilate answered them and said, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd so that he should rather release Barabbas to them. And so verse 12 says, Pilate answered and said to them, what then do you want me to do uh, with him who you call the king of the Jews? And so they cried out again, crucify him. And then Pilate said, why, what evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, crucify him. Okay, so I hope I get everyone's attention. Let's talk about why was Pilate not upset when he was told by Jesus, yes, I am a king. I am the king of the Jews. Why does he not get upset? That could, again, at that time, the, the Romans were a very cruel, they ruled with an iron fist. And you could get killed for saying that. Why is he not upset? Why does he say there in verse 14, why does he say, what evil has he done? Why? Why does he say that? There were three reasons. Anyone want to help me out? What might be one of the reasons? What's that? He believed he was the Christ. Okay. Anyone else? Jesus self-answered every time Pilate asked. What's that? Jesus self-answered every time Pilate asked. Okay, the gentleness of Jesus. He noticed something about him. What else? Yeah, Monique. Pilate's wife had a dream and Pilate. Pilate's wife had a dream. So the first reason was that he was not immediately angry and upset and said, put this guy to death. He just said he was a king. He was scared. 
It says right here, Pilate was scared of Jesus. Let's have the verse. It says in Matthew 27, 19, while he, Pilate, was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him saying, have nothing to do with that just man, for I have just suffered many things today in a dream because of him. Pilate doesn't want to mess with Jesus. He's, he's scared. He's fearful. The book of John says this. The book of John says the Jews told, answered Pilate, we have a law. According to our law, he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. Oops. So we have it in Spanish, but not English. Cuando Pilato oyó decir esto, tuvo más miedo. When Pilate heard that, he became afraid. He became afraid. Whoa, you know, what is this? My wife's telling me not to have anything to do with this just man because she was given a dream, and now I'm being told he's the son of God. And it said he was afraid. He was afraid. So that is uh, one reason that Pilate wasn't, didn't want to put Jesus to death. The second reason, or a second reason, was this. Pilate didn't trust nor did he like the Jewish religious leaders. He didn't trust them. We read that, read it with me in verse 10. It says, he knew that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. He was a very gifted politician, cynical, doesn't believe anything unless Will really doesn't believe anything. And, and that's what cynical is, and, and anything good, that is. And, and, and so he's, he, he's, he, he's looking at him, he understands, and, and, and oh, you know, I know these guys. Uh, and Pilate had, had butted heads many times with the Jewish leaders, and you know they handed Jesus over because of envy. And really quick pause here. Let's hit the quick pause button. Uh, when you're jealous of someone... Or when something good happens to your friend and secretly you're mad? Or someone who you don't like, something good happens to them and you're mad? You better go right to God and cry out and say this. Listen, what's going on in my heart right now is the same thing that killed Jesus Christ. He was handed over because of envy. Had nothing to do really that he was the son of God. Be careful of jealousy in your heart. It is the, it is the, the Bible says anger is, cru, anger is cruel, fury is overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Jesus Christ was handed over because of that jealousy that you and I have in our hearts. We need to be aggressive with, with it. But the third thing is, there's another reason that Pilate uh, was scared of Jesus, and we've kind of had some answers that have pointed in that direction. It's because Jesus had told Pilate that his kingdom was not on earth. That his kingdom, Jesus' kingdom, was not on earth. So in the book of John, it says this. Uh, it says, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking to Pilate here, the governor. My kingdom does not belong to this world. I was born and came into the world for this one purpose, to speak about the truth. Whoever belongs to the truth listens to me. 
Now it's true at that point he says, well, what is the truth? And people wonder what that really means. But, 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 but he, Pilate knew full well and, and also he could just see that this was a righteous, innocent man. This was not a guy who was gonna try to overthrow his kingdom. And Jesus explained to him, my kingdom is not of this earth. Remember that, Christian. By all means, get involved in politics. But the role of Christians is not to take over the political world and make a new Jerusalem. That's coming when Jesus returns. Uh, um, um, again, we get involved with politics. We vote in an orderly and Christ-like way. But don't be deceived. Uh, uh, Jesus said himself, my kingdom is not of this earth, is what he said. And so, why doesn't Pilate get upset when Jesus said, yes, I'm the king of the Jews? He doesn't get upset because he's scared of them. He doesn't trust the people who brought Jesus to him. And because um, he understood that um, Jesus, when Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. So again, we were in this last week. Let's go to verse three again. It says, the chief priests accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him again, saying, do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you. And so why did we say last week that Jesus answered nothing? Anyone want to shout that one out? Prophecy, yes, someone answered that last week. We did say that. What was another reason? That Jesus answered nothing. That's right. At this time, the sin of the world is on him. Meaning, at this time, your sin, your sin, your lying, cheating, stealing, thinking about lying, cheating, stealing, whatever, is on Jesus. And... Um, he can't say I'm not guilty of what you're accusing me because he is guilty. Uh, the Bible says this about you and me and Jesus. It says this in Isaiah 53, verse 6. All of us, like sheep, have gone the wrong way. Each of us has turned to his own way and the Lord has put on Jesus the sin of us all. It says that. And, and, and once our sin was put on Jesus, once our sin is put on Jesus, it says in the same chapter of Isaiah, I struck him, Jesus, I struck Jesus down for the great sin of my people. God the Father struck down God the Son because your sin was upon him. And and and. And uh, the Bible says that uh, the punishment for your sin is death, but the Bible says that God doesn't want you to die. He wants you to have a relationship with him for all eternity. So the Bible says that God so loved you, God so loved me, that he sent his only son in the world to take your sin, my sin, upon himself and be put to death so that you could have life, eternal life, with God rather than be judged by God for your sins. Jesus was judged for your sins. And and. Uh, it says in John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even if he dies. So at this point in the trial, 
before the Roman governor, we saw in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus uh, had been arrested. He, he's telling his disciples, we read this verse, he says, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. And it says he fell on his face before God and he cried out. The Bible says he was in agony. There was blood in his sweat. Why? Because your sin was on him. Because your guilt was on him. Because your shame was on him. Because uh, your uh, sorrow was on him. And so the judgment of God comes upon Jesus. They're falsely accusing him. He remains silent for, among other reasons, your sin, sin is upon him at that time. So let's read verse 6. Verse 6 says, Now at the feast there was... Um, they were accustomed to releasing one prisoner to them whomever they requested. So this uh, happened each year at the Passover feast. It was a great um, religious feast that the governor, Pilate, to try to get good relations with the Jews who were a very difficult people to govern. You can look at secular history books they were they were always rebelling about something but in order to try to uh, get them to like him he would release any prisoner they requested so you know in our country the president pardons people and no matter what they did they go free and it would be like if the president says, okay, you guys, tell me who you want to release. That's what he did once a year. And then it says in verse 7, there was one named Barabbas who was chained with his fellow rebels. They had committed murder in the rebellion. Then the multitude crying aloud began to ask him to do just as he had always done for them. In other words, the multitude started uh, crying out, hey, give us a prisoner. Then the multitude, crying aloud, began to ask them to do just as he had always done. But Pilate answered and said, do you want me to, to release to you the king of the Jews? Do you want me to give Jesus to you? For he knew that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. Verse 11, but the chief priest stirred up the crowd so that he should rather release Barabbas to them. And Pilate answered and said to them again, what then do you want me to do with him whom you call the king of the Jews? So they cried out again, crucify him. And then Pilate said, why, what evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, crucify him. So Pilate Wanting to gratify the crowd, released Barabbas to them, but he delivered Jesus after he had scourged him, meaning whipped him, to be crucified. So I want to conclude with talking about this exchange involving Barabbas. Instead of choosing to have Barabbas sent to death, the people chose to have Jesus sent to death. And I want to talk about this. Because Matthew, Mark, and Luke, remember these stories are in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke make a big, big, big deal. They took a murderer 
and allowed him to be released, and Jesus went off to be crucified. They make a big deal of this. John also talks about it as well. It's a shocking story. You know, sometimes we read the, through the Bible so, so fast, it's like, wait a second, let's just stop here. Why did this happen? How could it have happened? Why did God, God allow it? Verse 7 says, Barabbas was a murderer. That means he would be sentenced to death. If he had not already been sentenced to death, he was going to die. The book of Luke, Luke also says he was a robber. Jesus, however, was innocent. The people knew that. In fact, in the book of John, Jesus asked the people, including the people who didn't like him, he asked them, can any of you prove I'm guilty of sin? And everyone was silent. Why? They couldn't. He was sinless. So why would the crowd ask for someone who was guilty of murder and let Barabbas free? Jesus himself answers the question in Luke chapter 19, verse 16. We don't want this man to rule over us. We don't want this man, Jesus, to rule over us. If you give up your life to Jesus Christ, you lose control of your life. God helped some of you in this room who gave up control of your life and you've taken it back and now you're in control again. You're going to get a whooping from your loving, kind, everlasting Father if you're not getting the whooping already. Jesus Christ, when you give your life to him, the Bible says Jesus knocks on the door of your heart, says any man opens and says, yeah, come rule over my life. I'm done. I am done. I'm sick and tired of ruling my own life. Come in, Jesus. I know what you did for me on the cross through your life and death and resurrection. And they come and that's, you're giving up control. But guess what? It's in your nature and mine. We were born with it. We don't want nobody ruling our life. We don't want no man, no woman. That's what Adam and Eve did in the garden and everyone since. I don't want God ruling in my life. And it's really why the chief priests handed him over. It's really why the multitudes are saying, yeah, send him to be crucified. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter one, all creation is an evidence that God is who he is and it cries out to you, God should be in full control of your life. God should be in full control of your life. But we say, no, thank you, God. Jesus says he was turned over because the people said in their hearts, really what was going on, we don't want this man to rule over us. Why else? Why else was Barabbas, a murderer and a robber, set free? Because God is giving you a picture of who you are and who I am. Who are you? Someone shout it out. Barabbas. That's who you are. See, I'm not a murderer. I've never killed anyone. Jesus says you are a murderer. He couldn't be any clearer. In Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount, his most famous sermon 
In Matthew chapter 5, verses 21-22, he says, if you have anger in your heart, or worse, if you're driving along and get cut off and say, you jerk, you idiot, you just murdered. You have murder in your heart. That's, you see, we think we're good when we get before God because we're comparing ourselves to that guy and that girl. But when you compare yourself to God's standard, you're a murderer. See, our problem is, is, our problem is, you know, so often, we look at someone who has been murdered and we, and our hearts reach out to the family. We have a, a, this isn't the first time this has happened in our congregation, but we have a BPS, a Boston Public Schools employee. One of the kids he worked with every day of the year was murdered this week. Not the first time that's happened. And, 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 and we just reach out and we pray. And, and, but you know what we do in our hearts? Get those murderers Rope them up by the, their ankles and hang them upside down. Get them. Get them off the streets. And we despise them in our heart. That's about as unchristlike as you could ever, ever be. The Bible says you're a murderer. You're like Barabbas. That's the whole point of the Sermon on the Mount. Read the Sermon on the Mount five or six times. And it's the, it's the point over and over and over again. You need Jesus' salvation. You need his perfect life. You need to run to the, uh, the, the, uh, the Bible says, uh, the, the, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved. You, you need it to become righteous. You need Jesus Christ. And he's giving you a picture of who you really are. The Bible says that, that you and I, we've committed murder in our hearts and we're condemned to death, just like Barabbas was. We are condemned to death. But just as Barabbas was set free and Jesus Christ went to the cross, you are set free when you put your trust in what Jesus Christ did for you, Jesus having gone and being killed for you. Everyone with me? An incredibly powerful picture of how much God loves you. He loves you. The, the point of this sermon and my prayer is for you to walk out here loving God, loving Jesus Christ more than you ever have in your life. And let me tell you, when he comes into your life, when you ask Jesus Christ into your life, the Bible says he came not only to give you eternal life, but life here more abundantly. John 10.10. 10. It's a wonderful life. Bible says in Colossians 3.3, you died when you came to Jesus Christ and your life is hidden now with Christ in God. You have a, a hidden life in God that you can take advantage of every day and no one can take it away from you ever, laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven where no one can, can get at that stuff rather than treasures on earth. So I'm going to close at this time. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I'm going to ask if you've been asked to pray to please come up. And I want to, as they're coming up, I want to just read the last verse here in verse 15. Again, so Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, 
released Barabbas, he's released you in the same way, and he delivered Jesus after he had scourged him and whipped him, and he released him to be crucified. So that's where we'll pick up the next time. Hey, you know, these are really heavy verses, not really easy for me to get up and and, and talk about them, but I will tell you this, when I go through these verses myself, it really does make me want to love God more <laughs> and worship him, him more. Do you know that the Bible in 1 Timothy says the goal of this whole Bible is for you to love God? To love God and love his people. And that's my prayer for you um, today that we'll do that. Let's, if you've been asked to pray, if you could come up if you could stand up now, actually, I'm going to pray shortly. We're going to sing a worship song at this time. I'm going to pray, and then I'd just like you to come up, and I'd like you, if you have any, anything on your heart, anything stirring on your heart, maybe you've, never, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never said... Well, you, the Bible says in Revelation 3.20, is knocking at the door of, of all your hearts. And you've never said, come in, I want to give you 100% control. And by the way, Jesus doesn't c- come in if you, give him nine, if you offer him 99%. He doesn't share the driver's seat. He's a perfect gentleman. If you've never done that in your life. You've never said, I want to give you 100% control. Come up now. Listen, you don't want to have to go before God. The Bible says we die one time and then comes a judgment. You, want to, you don't want to go into the judgment trying to convince God that you really didn't murder anybody. Because you never had anger in your heart towards someone. You don't want to do that. There is a place of security, a place of freedom, a place of joy that we have when Jesus Christ comes into our life. So if you'd like to pray about anything, about asking the Lord in your life or about anything that's stirred up, Jesus, I'm just memorizing Romans chapter 6 for our scripture memory that is in your bulletin. That pamphlet in your bulletin. Grab it and memorize 12 verses for that Friday but the Friday before Labor Day. I'm, I'm memorizing Romans chapter 6, and it's an incredible chapter because it says there, it says, and anyone who died with Christ has been freed from sin because they're no longer a slave to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. It actually says that. Not that you'll never sin again, but God gives you a power over sin. But maybe some of you have asked Jesus in your life and you, that, 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 that sin, that seems like it has more power over you than you have over it and you'd like prayer. Come up as we begin our worship, that or anything else. And kids, you can come up as well. I'm going to close in prayer and then we'll begin to worship. Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. I pray, Father, that what you have started, you will complete. I pray for that, Lord. Um, that during this worship time you'll open up our timid hearts and give us the privilege to to bless you by loving you. Mm -hmm. That's why you made us, Lord. You created us for this one purpose, to love you.
We want to be as a people who love you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.